So glad that you're here. So glad that you're back. So glad you're here for the first time, maybe. It's not my first time, and it may not be your first time, but you're here, and I'm stoked about it. Last week's episode, our quick little Christmas reminder that Christmas was coming up on Friday, and I do hope that you had a great Christmas this past Friday, because (laughs) it was just a couple days ago, and... It's the farthest holiday away from right now, so you got a lot of time to do your Christmas shopping for Christmas 2021. So that's some good news that I have off the, off the out of the gate for you on this episode. Um, man, I'm pumped to talk today about something very, very important, uh, where we had plenty of silliness uh, on last week's episode and maybe a lack of seriousness. I promise you we will have some deep thought for you on this episode you're listening to right now. Uh, As you can tell the title of it, New Year, Same Me. Hopefully that doesn't sound too pessimistic or anything like that. Um, To kind of alleviate potentially some stress that you might have about this episode before you hear it in its totality, I will tell you that the context of that statement, New Year, Same Me, was not supposed to be read as if you were the person involved there. Okay, That it's it's you saying those words. Uh, but in fact that it's God saying those words to you. It's a new year, but he's the same God. Okay, That's the, the, that's the whole episode in, in a few words, in one sentence. Somebody told me a long time ago that if you can't preach a sermon in one sentence, you shouldn't preach it at all. And the one sentence version of today's episode is that it is a new year coming up. By the next time that we speak again on Soul Binge, it will have switched on our calendars from 2020 to 2021. But just because it's a new year does not change the fact that God is still the same God. And I want that to encourage you. I want that to lift you up. And I want that to be something that you ride on, not just because this year is hard or because the season that you might be in is difficult, but simply because he is worth putting all of your weight onto. He's the one who can carry it. He's the one who wants to carry it. He wants to be there for you. And you may not even be a Christian listening to this. All I can tell you is that if it's not the church and if it's not Jesus, number one, I don't know what it would be for you. Uh, I don't say that facetiously. I just saying that honestly from my own experiences. I don't know what it would possibly be for you. But you need to find something greater than yourself that you can rest upon. Uh, This year has done its very best to try and at the very least prove that to all of us. So that being said, I wanted to share um, a Bible verse that I'm hoping will encourage you guys and then a Bible story unrelated to the passage that we're going to read from. And um, it's it's going to be good. It's a thought that I have shared with a few of the students in the youth group recently, and it's something that I'm excited to share with y'all on the podcast uh, today on the podcast. And it's something I want you to take with you. It's a thought that may still need some development. I'm not going to lie; it's not a completely fully developed thought in regards to where it could ultimately end up or lead to. But that is not uh, to say that it is unprepared for the episode today, but rather 
that it goes even deeper than what I'm currently aware of. And it's cool to be in this stage of the thought process on something that I think God is ultimately speaking to all of us, including me. To be in this moment is cool because it's like, wow, I see the value in this. And I also see the potential that it could be so much bigger than what I even understand. Um, when I'm saying that, obviously I'm talking about what the Bible has to say in the passage or in the story that we're going to read in a minute. But if you take that same thought process or that logic, before we even get to that uh, story in the Bible, you could do the same thing. You can almost tell your mind to believe the same thing when it comes to your relationship with God if you have one. Now, if you don't, hang on a second. I'll get to you in a second. But for those of you that do have a relationship with God, understand that the value in that relationship is not just simply in what God has already done for you, but in the fact that the potential for what he wants to do in you and through you is unlimited. He is a good father, he's a good God, and he loves you and he wants to continue to bless you. Okay, And it is something very, very important to lean into. Um, I just popped my fingers and they all popped at different times. It was like, I don't know if you heard that, but it was cool. I heard it. Um, God wants to do great things through you and in you. And leaning into that potential is what you got to do in order to experience it. It's kind of like, you know, if you really want to feel how strong the wind is blowing, you have to lean into it. And it's the same kind of thing there. Now, for everyone else listening to this that may not be inclined to the same type of belief system or belief pattern that I am or that others might be that are listening to this, I still think that at the end of the day, there is a huge value in realizing that the potential of the unknown, or not, not potential, the, the factor of the unknown doesn't always have to be negative potential, but that it can be positive potential. The simple fact that you don't know and that it is the unknown means that if you walk into it pessimistically, you're limiting the overall potential outcome of that experience, right? And that is something that you must not ever do uh, to limit yourself from an experience uh, or to only a certain level of an experience, right? That being said, man, I am here to tell you guys something that is going to um, hopefully encourage you, but not in a way that makes you feel like you're going to go check your bank account and there's going to be millions of dollars in there. You're going to look out front in the Ferrari with the bow on. It's going to be waiting for you in the driveway because it's happy late Christmas. No, but more or less to say, take your life as it is now. Understand that it's going to be the same way tomorrow. And then understand that it's okay because of dot, 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 this thing that I'm going to share with you in a second. Before we get to that Bible story and ultimately what I want to say for the encouragement for today's episode to kind of bring us um, to the proper starting point, I wanted to read this verse for you, okay? I just said what I said about how the unknown factors of life do not always have to be negative. So now that we know that, let's try a game. Let's try this game where we're going to read these verses that I have for you. It's it's uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 17, and let's read them with no negative potential outcome involved with what we're saying here, okay? Like, pretend for a second that negativity and negative outcomes just don't exist. You can, you couldn't get negative re results if you tried, right? Think on those terms and then hear this verse in that term, okay? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17, and it says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction 
is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now, take a pause for a second from the game that we're playing and understand that if we hadn't started this episode the way we did and you read a verse like that and says, yeah, your body's wasting away and you're decaying and you're falling apart and you've got... uh, momentary afflictions that seem to keep happening and happening and happening and happening. You know, like, you can hear these verses and get really bummed out. Like, you could really think, man, this is no good. You know, no dice. This is bad news bears, or whatever other cliches are out there for that. But it, it's not that at all. That's not what the writer's trying to communicate at all. He's trying to say that that to to recognize your body as being the thing that wastes away is not to ultimately say that your life is wasting away, but it's trying to help you to realize that who you are is not bound up in the flesh and bones that are walking around, you know, with either a perfect or a horrible or a middle class credit score, right? The physical address where you live and where your body sleeps for rest at night, that's not the totality of who you are as a person. It goes deeper. There's a soul involved, right? There's, there's, there's the inner man, the person on the inside, the one that's making it and surviving and thriving, uh, in a year that seemed to be absolutely nothing short of chaotic in every way possible. The outer person wasting away is not the loss of who you are, but it's actually the realization of who you are because who you are is the person on the inside. Now, I don't think you have to be a Bible-thumping, Jesus-screaming-preaching-believing you know, Christian to, to see the value in a statement like that. But it says it here that This light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now, a key part of this verse is whenever he says, beyond all comparison, okay? Now, any non-Christian listening to this, I know this sounds really Bible-y and Christian-y and preachy, but the, ironically, Bible story (laughs) that we're going to read in a second and talk about in just a quick second is something that's going to encourage you. I know it's going to encourage you, so just stick with me. Stick it out. I know you can do it. I love how he says that it's beyond all comparison because he says that almost in a contradictory context. Here's what I mean. And I was thinking about this literally today. He says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. So he says, a light and momentary affliction. He's trying to downplay the affliction and upplay, if you could say that, the eternal weight of glory. He's trying to say that that it's like, you know, just inherently not uh, as heavy, right? He's saying that the, the affliction you're dealing with today is just no matter how heavy it can be, it is not going to compare to the eternal weight of glory that's beyond all comparison. And and I love that because he is not aware of what happens in 2020 when he writes this. Yet what he writes stands true still because when we actually experience that weight of glory, which it's of course talking about one day getting into heaven, once we are there... It's eternal. You know, it's important that he says beyond a comparison, but the key two words are momentary versus eternal. Momentary versus eternal. Momentary, uh, right now, in the here and now, only going to last however long it lasts, versus eternal, never ending, never stops. You know, it just keeps going. 
someone once told me a long time ago, and I remembered this to the point where I've, I've preached this thought across the you know podium at my church. Um, I've taught this in the youth group. I've, I've shared this in private council with other people, friends of mine, students of mine, random people that I end up working with in the auto industry. I end up sharing this thought because you know, grammatically it makes a lot of sense, but deep, deeper than that, it actually really holds a lot of value for me. And it's exactly what we're talking about now. And and the statement is this, don't mistake bad weather for a bad season. Man, don't mistake bad weather for a bad season. It's momentary versus eternal. You know, temporary weather that's happening now versus the overall season that you're in. Don't take the bad day that you're having and assume that therefore you're going to have a bad week. That's not how it necessarily has to work all the time. But that's how we think. That's how we live and move and breathe because we're focusing on the things that are on the outer self that are wasting away when we should be focusing on the inner self, the thing that can be for you renewed day by day. And it's important because of that eternal weight of glory. It's something that can't compare because you simply cannot compare infinite to finite. You cannot compare something that is stuck within the realm and restrictions of time versus what's outside of time. You can't, uh, there's just, there's no way to do it. There's no math equation that can get you there, right? And what's amazing about that, again, this was the starting point to get us to the story we're wanting to read in the Bible as well. What's amazing about that is that that helps us to see and realize, you know, we can take a step back and we can go, okay, all right. So what he's saying here is that whatever it is that I'm, you know, taking on right now, the stresses that I'm dealing with, those frustrations that I'm dealing with, the, um, you know, natural just life that's happening to me right this moment, that it's temporary, it's not eternal, it's worth fighting through, it's worth going through it, it's worth waiting and it's worth pushing, and it's worth staying still when God says stay still, worth going when he says go, and worth waiting when he says wait. My dad has said that my whole life, that God will always answer your prayers, and it's only going to be three ways. He's either going to say yes, no, or wait. He's either going to say stop, go, or retreat. You know, he's either going to say, come back this way, move forward that way, or stay where you are. He's going to say no, yes, or wait. And it's incredible to think about it because the majority of life that we experience, even as Christians, non-Christians, you need to know this about us, <laughs> we, uh, we, 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 we have a lot more life spent on that wait than we do on the yes or the no, I think. Uh, we would all like to, you know, play it off as though we are struggling Christians out here just can't get a you know a solid yes from God and it's always no 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 but more often than not it's not no it's wait and that's exactly the story that takes place in Genesis chapter 22 something I wanted to share with you guys something I wanted you to take with you through um, the process of ending out 2020 into the new year I mentioned it on the silly Christmas episode last week that just because the date changes doesn't mean that it has to you know, become a different, better, or worse thing, but that life just continues on. And this is a follow-up to that. This is not a contradiction to it, but it is a follow-up to that and maybe a more precise uh, breakdown of what that really looks like in the eyes of someone trying to walk through this life with God by their side. And if you want to read it with me, uh, 
it is in Genesis, like I said, Genesis 22. And I just want to uh, kind of give you the breakdown of ultimately what's happening. You can read it later for yourself if you'd like. But essentially what takes place in this story, if you know nothing about it, it's going to be a entry-level version of the story. If you know nothing about it, I will tell you this much. Um, back in these times, God would often ask for uh, a sacrifice whenever it came to the form of worship that they partook in as believers and early-day Christians. And the sacrificial process was not uncommon in a worshipful context or a worshipful moment. Usually this would happen with the you know, best of the best. I'm going to sacrifice my best because God is deserving of my best. That's kind of the... the it took on a physical form back then, where now it takes on more of just a, a mental and inward practice form uh, in the days we live in today. <clears throat> Sometimes I'm not sure who had it better, to tell you the truth, between the two of us. But anyway, that's not the point. That's another episode of Soul Minge later. Um, but basically, man, it, 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 the, the way this happens is Abraham and Sarah end up having a son named Isaac, who is supposed to be the one who would carry on the family blessing, the family name, <clears throat> carry on the, the blessing that God has put on this family to the next generation who would follow him. One day, God is speaking to Abraham and actually tells Abraham in so many words to take his son Isaac up to the mountain and to sacrifice his son. Now, that sounds extremely morbid and extremely dark and extremely messed up. <laughs> but just follow along with the story. I promise it ends well, okay? <laughs> so let's continue. Um, Abraham, being one who at one point in his life before disobeyed God, knows what it means to obey God, okay? It's the simplest way I can put it. And so he decides to go through with this plan, even though he's confused, I'm sure, he's wondering, he's not aware of what's going on entirely but he knows that the bottom line is you got to honor god right so long story short he ends up taking his son and a few of his uh servants employees however you want to say it that go with him on a little bit of a journey and they stop at this mountainside where abraham looks at the men and he says you guys stay here the boy and i are going to the top of the mountain to worship being the little inquisitive little man that Isaac was at a very young age, he looks around, says, hmm, wood, check, something to light the fire, check. Okay, where's the sacrifice at? And he asks his dad, it says it right there in Genesis 22, he says, where's the sacrifice? Abraham being a good dad. <laughs> he looks at his son and he doesn't say, you're the sacrifice today. He doesn't say that. He actually just simply says, the Lord will provide. Now, take a quick pause. Isn't that very fatherly of Abraham to do that, right? Like, if your kid comes up to you and says, hey, how can we afford groceries this month? Like, first of all, maybe and hopefully they wouldn't say it that, <laughs> like that. But as a dad, you don't want to just go, well, I don't know. You know, uh, you, you if anything, you're going to go in this kind of context. We'll figure it out. We'll make it. God will make a way. God will provide. You know, and I love that. I, I, I just, I, I don't know, I just, I love that. Anyway, back to the story. He ends up taking his son, and, you know, Isaac, smart enough to realize that there is no sacrifice, was probably getting a little bit keen to the fact that, you know, maybe this isn't going to be a good day for him necessarily. <laughs> Long story short, again, I said that already, 
he has Isaac, Abraham has Isaac lay down on the altar that he built on the top of that mountain. And it says it very clearly in the Bible that Abraham took his knife that he was going to raise up to sacrifice his son on the altar in a form of worship to God. In that moment, an angel appears and tells him to stop. As he stops, Abraham looks over and sees a bush or what the Bible and King James Version calls a thicket. And there is a ram whose horns are caught in that bush. God provided a sacrifice. He ends up taking Isaac off of the altar. They grab the ram. They put the ram down. They sacrifice the ram. God is is praised and he's been given worship in the proper way of how it was back then. And if you're thinking to yourself a minute ago, you were like, that sounds like that not, not something that should be... Oh, sorry. I hit the mic again. <laughs> I did that last week too. Um, you know, that sounds like the, not something that a loving God would want you to do, to sacrifice your own son just for a worshipful thing. Like, that doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense. Well, if you're thinking that, imagine how my man Abraham felt about the situation, you know? He probably felt the same, if not more so, because it was his kid. And we have to we have to realize that this level of faith is something that I don't think even I could go through with if it were up to me. I would like to think that I could, but it's almost it's almost troublesome for me as a dad to think if I put myself in, in those shoes, would I be able to do it? Well, the story is always taught and preached and spoken in this context to say ultimately that if you obey God, he will always provide. If you obey God's voice and you do what he asks you to do, he'll always provide for every single need that you have. And that is exactly the first thing that I want to share with you about this story, but it is not entirely the second thing, okay? The second thing is this, and this is where it all kind of ties back to the verses we read and the fact that we're stepping into a new year, but it's the same God, and I want you to be encouraged even by the monotony of the regular life that you live because your faith is not in the regular life that you live, but in the internal, excuse me, in the eternal weight of glory that you have waiting for you in heaven one day. And if you don't believe it, you can start to believe it today if you want to. Here it is. Abraham's position on that being obedient is absolutely something worth noting and worth something to try and achieve one day with our relationship with God, of course. But the other thing here, is Isaac's willingness to wait. Isaac was not saved that day simply because he was obedient to lay down or because he was willing to die. Maybe in that moment, his mind was telling him to be you know, willing to listen to his father and to listen to God and to obey and to be willing to die and to live beyond yourself and all that other stuff that we would tell ourselves if we were in those shoes, in Isaac's shoes. Maybe he was telling himself that. But I think it goes deeper than that for Isaac in this moment. Because he sees with a plenty of notice to try and bail out and dip that there is absolutely something fishy going on here. He's the one that points out that there is no sacrifice. And he has to eventually figure out that he is the sacrifice in this moment, right? And so you can make the argument and say that, that God saved him because he was willing to die. You can make the argument and say that he was, you know, obedient to the process and he listened to his dad and he blah, 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 blah. Go clean your room when your dad tells you type of beat and it's fine if you want to think that. But I think it goes deeper. I think the reason that God saved Isaac that day is not because 
simply he was willing to die, but because he was willing to wait on the promise that his father gave him that God would provide. And look what happens. God provided. It's incredible. It's absolutely insane because it means that for me, even though I'm in a situation where it feels like I'm suffering, feels like I'm struggling, feels like I'm dealing with a lot of stuff, and I oftentimes want to get mad at God because, for goodness sakes, for my own personal story, the only reason I'm in San Antonio where I've experienced a lot of stuff that's not gone the way I thought it should, only reason I'm here is because God's the one that sent me here, at least I, I used to say I thought he was. I know he was, but that's kind of where your head goes in a frustrated moment. It's like, God, I thought you were the one that sent me here in the first place. Well, in this case, it's literally God who's responsible for why Isaac's in the position that he's in. So you almost want to say, well, yeah, you know, of course God's going to do something different than let Abraham kill his own son who's supposed to be the one to carry the blessing out through the next generation and all that stuff. You could say all that if you want to, but I think it's it's both deeper and simpler than that. At the same time, it simply comes down to waiting on God to provide if he said he would. And he will. The Bible says that he will. It says in the Bible that Jesus Christ is the supplier of every need that you have. Or at least that he can be. So if you are waiting still for your 2020 vision, and you're still waiting for the things that are going on in this life that you're living today to turn into something that looks a lot better than how things currently look right now. You know, it's just, it's just, it may not be as simple as just saying, all right, I'm going to wait it out and hopefully I don't die in the process of waiting it out. It's more or less to say, it doesn't matter how long I have to wait. If God said that he'll provide, he will provide. You know, if, if anything, this, this momentary light affliction I'm dealing with, when I finally get to that eternal weight of glory in heaven, it's, it's not going to even matter because it can't compare. It won't compare because it can't compare. And that's enough to keep me going. It's a new year, but it's the same me. That's what God wants to tell you, whether you're a Christian or not. He's wanting to tell you that in this moment. If you're listening to this, he's wanting to tell you that, right? That this... That this year you've experienced, as crazy as it's been, is not going to be where it has to end for you. A couple episodes ago when I talked about my experiences with COVID, I mentioned the fact that a virus that attacks your body doesn't, doesn't have to attack your mind as well. And your overall experiences through life, obviously going from one year to the next, it's not going to just naturally change because the date changes. Not just from day to day or month to month, but from year to year. It's still only a few seconds that separate 2020 from 2021. Once that transition happens, there you go. Guess what? You're still wearing the same pajamas if you're wearing pajamas. And you're wearing the same pajamas if you're wearing pajamas. The point and the trick is to be able to say, no matter what is happening now, God told me he would provide. And if I have to move, I'll move. If I have to stand still, I'll stand still. If I have to... If I have to wait, I will wait. There's a song from Bethel or Bethel, if you're, you know, super saved, uh, where the, the title of the song is um, uh, Take Courage. And the chorus says, Take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He is in the waiting. He is in the waiting. He is in the waiting. He's in the waiting. 
God is found in the middle of the situation that you're dealing with, not just the beginning or the end, but he's also found in the middle of it. He is found in the waiting, in the waiting period, in the time between whenever you hear God's promise and whenever you see it fulfilled. He's there in the middle of it too. So I want to encourage you as we wrap up 2020 as a Soul Binge community, and the next time you hear my voice on this platform, you'll hear it in the year of 2021. You know, it's just, it's something that I want you to step into the new year with to recognize that it's a new year, but it's the same God. And it's something that encourages me to know that regardless of how my past has gone or how this past year has gone or the years leading up to now, God is still perfectly God. And all I have to do is trust in him and he'll take care of me. Your soul is important. This binging process of living life and going through life and growing and developing internally and who you are on the inside is important. And you cannot get there properly without the correct guidance. And that guidance is not Jared. <laughs> it's the Jesus that Jared's always talking about. But anyway, um, thank you so much for an amazing last few months of, of listening to the, to the program for, um, you know, 30 plus episodes now. And I'm excited to bring you more. We are not done. We're just getting started. And boy, it's going to be a, a fun new year coming up in just a few couple of, uh, of days. Almost said hours. Uh, a few couple of hours, <laughs> depending on when you listen to this. But uh, be blessed. I'll see you in 2021 on Soul Binge anyway. Message us. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, reach out to us if you have any ideas for future episodes, future interviews, if we can make them happen. If you've got... Uh, you know, feedback for how the show's going quality-wise, all that fun stuff too. We'd love to hear it so we can improve and make the next year even better than this year. And I'm just, I'm pumped about what the future holds for the, pro, for the, for the podcast, for myself, for you, my family, your family. 2021, let's get it. Let's go. It's going to be awesome. And I will see you then in 2021 on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>